Welcome to the fourth episode of the Broken Filter Podcast. My name is Alan Favela, and as my fourth guest, I got one of my lifelong best friends, Darius Graham. Uh, Darius was a former UC Davis point guard and was a part of the 2017 NCAA tournament run when they made it to the first round against Kansas. Currently, Darius is one of the best realtors in Sacramento. Darius, uh, welcome, man. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, so you're a hoops guy. We've been friends for a long time, mainly uh, got connected through basketball. Tell me uh, your experience hooping in NorCal and Davis, what it's been like, and how's, and then you, we can transition about how's life after basketball and how's that transition been too? Yeah, yeah, man. So uh, born and raised in Sacramento. Um, you know, I've been playing for most of my life. Um, took it, started taking it pretty seriously around like the eighth grade, you know, when, um, you know, my dad sat down with me and just pretty much said, you know, I told him that I wanted to get a Division One scholarship. And mm-hmm. he just pretty much as a former uh, Division One football player gave me like the, bu- the blueprint of like work ethic and just mm-hmm. what I had to do um, more above and beyond like my peers to be able to attain a scholarship. And, you know, we uh, positioned ourselves to, um, at the time, a, a big powerhouse in the, the city in the mm-hmm. Northern California area, Sac High. Um, I got with them and, um, you know, just day in and day out with the work. Um, eventually, um, at, at my height, it's not really uh, easy to be able to yeah. you know, accomplish a Division One scholarship. And I'll tell I, you. Um, at the time, I was like 5'9". Five, 5'10", mm-hmm. five, I think I, you know, sprouted a little bit. Yeah, know, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't pass me up now. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Was able to, uh, you know, was blessed to receive a, a Division One scholarship to UC Davis. Um, at the time, um, I always tell people I was Coach Les, who's currently the coach now, his uh, first recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um, my senior year of high school, when I signed my letter of intent that season, um, they uh, won five games that year. Man. So it was very much a, a um, you know, started from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And um, in my time, I uh, diligently uh, said that, you know, although – I had big dreams of, you know, going to big time schools and yeah. playing in the NCAA tournament like everybody sees in March Madness. Um, although UC Davis wasn't um, like used to that, mm-hmm. um, I, I tried to do my best, you know, and do my part of helping them uh, achieve those type of things. So and you did, yeah, yeah. So in the time that um, you know, in my I registered one year, in my five years, uh, four years playing, um, I was a starting point guard for. Uh, I think we went to the NIT. My sophomore year, I know you remember those yeah. years with Corey and yep. Avery. Corey Hawkins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and things like that. And uh, Josh Richard, um, you know, that senior class was great with Tyler Less as well. Josh Fox. Yeah, Josh Fox. Shout out to Josh Fox. <laughs> Got to get him on the pod. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, we had those teams. And then uh, 2017, my senior year, um, we beat UC Irvine in the Big West tournament and was able to have our first uh, NCAA tournament berth. So, um, it was a, a dream come true to be able to go from there to, to this. And um, along the way, um, throughout all those journeys, right, you, you befriend a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember, was it summer 2013? I want to say it was that where I was doing a, a kids camp mm-hmm. with, uh, with hundreds of Davis kids mm-hmm. in the area. And I happened to, uh, you know, get on a team, be the coach of a, a team of this little kid that – was a little slow, but could could uh, could shoot the ball pretty well and had a, a, a good feel for the game. And 
I pretty much just <laughs> gave him the ball, <laughs> set, set, tell everybody else to set screens, and yeah. ever since then, uh, we've we've had a good uh, relationship, and that and that's you, and yeah, stuff man, like that. so, one of the best. Yeah, I, I'm a, how old were you then? So I moved to Davis when I was 11, so I was probably 11 or 12. Oh, so you just moved to Davis during yeah, that time? Pretty wow, much. wow, I did not know that. Yep. Yeah, so now we've been we've been rocking ever since. I mean, mm-hmm. from what was it? I remember your mom used to call and ask for training. You used to come to Hickey. Yeah. I remember it was the summertime. You used to be downtown, ride your bike to Hickey, yep. work out, and then go, go back, back and, and <laughs> hang out with your friends. Yep. You know what I'm Downtown and stuff yep. like that. So, I remember that. Yeah, man. So uh, I always uh, – well, I think the thing that I was attracted – you know what attracted us was you know you love the game of basketball mm-hmm. you love lebron james so LeBron, do I. Yeah. yeah look yeah. around the room man you got lebron everywhere <laughs> exactly exactly and, and you worked hard you know what i'm saying yeah. and you and you really um just wanted to be good and uh wanted to be you know to get the most out of your potential yeah and stuff like that uh and i, I took a liking to it and we've been rocking ever since man. yeah man it's it's been a fun ride and at the time you were just looking to um obviously meet new people but you were just a college kid trying to make some money training kids right yeah and yeah that's, so that's kind of how it, it, i mean that led you to a bunch of places right training absolutely training kids absolutely man i mean for me especially um like now that you know i'm no longer like in the the playing years mm-hmm. of my life uh, it allows me to stay like locked in mm-hmm. to like something close to the basketball right to be able to yeah you know it, it's nothing that's really like my my full-time job mm-hmm. it's really because of the love of being able to be around basketball be around basketball but then also just personal development in kids mm-hmm. right? like there's so much that's learned in the game and you know through the adversity of learning how to make a left-hand layup learning yeah. how to cross over um you know trying to you know be the team and you know go from again you know nothing to try to accomplish something there's a lot of like gems in that and i feel um mm-hmm. real um how do i say uh, there's a lot of rewards when the light bulb turns on in kids yeah. kids minds with that type of stuff so would you say you have a passion for training little kids in basketball and developing them making them better players and better people yeah 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 i think more so the the personal development mm-hmm. through the game okay yeah so you know i always say there's kids that that there's levels of this mm-hmm. i consider myself like the um like essentially go into karate class yeah. Just using basketball as the example, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, for kids that may want a little bit more, there's a little, there's a different level. But for the parent that wants to, you know, drop their kid off, and yes, they're working on their basketball skills, but they're also um, developing, you know, um, life skills, mm-hmm. um, how to deal with people. Whether there's, I can notice the anxiety that the kid has, the yeah. issues of. You know, again, I've known you since, what you said, 11 years old. So I've mm-hmm. been able to see your transition of being an elementary school kid, going to middle school, the ins and outs of that, yeah. dealing with high school and the the social aspect of that. And mm-hmm. now, you know, I'm always here for you, even in your college ventures and in yeah. life and stuff like that. Oh, you helped me a bunch with that, especially the social aspect. I remember reaching out a couple times to you because, you know, as I was transitioning through middle school and high school, there was some things that were going on. I yeah. just, I it was hard to it was hard to believe and it was like shit this is really it's like it's really getting deep into it now like i'm gonna need some help man yeah man you know once once kids are able to make their own decisions Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying once they are able to 
figure out how to sneak outside their parents' house and do things that they're not supposed to do yep. and stuff. You now have to figure out who you are as the individual, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, you know, we always talk. You're gonna make your mistakes, right? You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be perfect. You're yeah. you're meant to make you know to mess up a little bit, but at the same time, you're also supposed to know who you are, who your values are, and you know, one thing I always tell you. You know, and I always say this is that you're a good person, mm-hmm. first and foremost. So thank you, uh, thank you. Good things happen to good people, but good people can also get you know uh, taken off their path mm-hmm. by people that are influencing them, and you know try to stay as grounded as possible. Totally agree. You told me that before college, and like especially going to a four-year university that you meet completely new people, <laughs> bro. I mean, I I took that to heart. So yeah, man. Yeah, it's wild, right? Oregon State's wild, too. I know. I know it is. <laughs> um, you've never visited Oregon, huh? Um, Oregon, I have. I've, I remember in high school, I went to um, a, a camp, like an elite camp at the University of Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, we also played Portland State in college, so that's the extent of it. I've never been um, Corvallis. Corvallis. I've never been to Corvallis. It's kind of out the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't even been to Eugene or anything mm. like that, but you don't you don't need to go to Eugene, bro. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad. It's You're gonna get sick. You're gonna it, get sick. It's big. Beef. My bad, my bad, man. Shout out Eric Armstead. You know what I'm saying? It's oh the yeah, only person I got. Yeah, that's right. That. But um, nah, man, I gotta take a trip and, and see the trees and see all that type of stuff mm-hmm. out there. So you're into training kids, but um, obviously you have a deep, profound knowledge of basketball. How come you never decided to go into any kind of coaching or sports marketing or anything like that what was how come that was never an option for you having oh. so many connections as well right yeah yeah i mean it's something that i still think about i mm-hmm. still consider myself fairly young in, yeah. in life and stuff but not saying you're old no nah, no nah, nah. <laughs> even though you know you always ask me oh, so what was it like in your time like, i'm not that old but nonetheless man like i think that um uh it's something that crosses my mind mm-hmm. what, I, what i do think is uh was difficult especially for me coming straight out of college you gotta think right um i was uh the starting point guard for four years Mm -hmm. at a university that my senior year we just went to the ncaa tournament and i was not thinking about not playing basketball yeah right so although um you know i always knew that i had the qualities to be uh, probably a pretty good coach, you know, um, or something in the, the field of basketball. Um, I probably stubbornly so wanted to prove um, and convince people that I wanted to play basketball still. Professionally, play, right? Yeah, play the game mm-hmm. of basketball. So with that, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, being a single, single-minded, single like blocking out, you know, whatever um, else, you know, I, I didn't necessarily pursue those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, there's there's a lot of avenues. What I've learned, you know, over these past, you know, five, six years is, uh, you know, there is a lot of money in basketball mm-hmm. beyond just playing the game, beyond even being a coach. You can be front office, agents, yep. like I said, uh, media members, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, there, it's never too late to just jump into it. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I may get into it. I don't know when uh, or if, but uh, it's still a possibility that yeah. goes in my mind from time to time. No doubt. I think about you all the time. Uh, I ask myself that question because I feel like you're a great leader of men mm. and great. Uh, you could do a good job of inspiring people, especially young young kids. So I appreciate that, man. Um, tell me, what do you think is the hardest part about coaching? Is it 
the managing of pers- managing personalities or knowing the game of basketball and executing the game plan what's based on your experience having all these coaches throughout your life what's the hardest hardest part yeah I, I think it's more so the the um the ability to try to connect mm-hmm. to players individually and then also collectively right yeah. you know um everybody has their um their personal goals mm-hmm. you know you have to bring individuals together mm-hmm. you have to you know have people sacrifice certain roles certain um you know ideas that they may have or want to get out of things and you have to have everyone on one accord yep and that's not easy to do you know by any means right mm-hmm. um and so if you are not able to have that initial connection with the people mm-hmm. as people it's going to be very hard to get them to buy into anything that you're going to be able mm-hmm. to do on the court right so yep. I've seen, you know, both sides of that where um, whether it's a player or whether it's, you know, uh, a group of players that, you know, kind of wanted to go this way and then it causes friction. Yep. I've seen the best of it where everybody knew their role. They walked in, they sacrificed and good things happened mm-hmm. from that. But I think just in totality, right, like it's a lot bigger than just X's and O's. Mm-hmm. We've seen coaches at the highest levels or whatever that, you know, we're good X and O guys, mm-hmm. but could not relate to the players, and therefore it was all bad. I've yeah, seen the opposite, right? Where, you know, we used to uh, joke about, I'm not going to say the coach's name, but we used to joke about coaches <laughs> like in college, uh, NBA coaches that, you know, you'll hear them on timeouts and it, it would just be motivational talking. It's like, but coach, we need a, a yeah, play. We need to play. It's, three, it's three seconds left. On the clock. <laughs> we need something, right? So it's a mix between both. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think first and foremost, man, um, especially the higher that you go up, um, you know, when you're teaching youth sports, you know, there's obviously the dynamic of that's the adult, you're the child, right? Yeah. When you get, especially now in college where there's a lot more information about you know, player empowerment and mm-hmm. things like that. You're not going to be able to be the boss of that player. They're their own entity. They're their own brand. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of how can we both work together to achieve both of our goals. Yeah. Right? I want to help you be the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and, and, vice versa. and achieve what you want to achieve on and off the court in exchange for you, um, us collectively, you know, winning games yep. and then, you know, helping with my success and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like those things need to be put on the table. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you kind of just know what it is and stuff like that. So It's not easy whatsoever, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you you were able to get a little bit of taste of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I told you before. Oh, I, got, man, I, got, I got plenty of taste for it <laughs> well, in no, my first year. <laughs> no, definitely, man. And, and I'll say this, man. I, I definitely did uh, at UC Davis, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we had, we had uh, you know, a few good years. But like I said, in my five years, we had some bad ones, too. We yeah. had some tough ones where... It wasn't pleasant to go to practice every day, right? No, yeah. And that's from both coaching staff and players, and it becomes a job a little mm-hmm. bit more. Other times, it was just, I'm talking about, you couldn't wait to go to the next practice yep. and everything. And, you know, the ebbs and flows of that changes. Um, and, you know, just as much a coach can do all that they can, and the players still have to buy in and sacrifice. Yep. Players could be attentive, and the coach can just not connect with them and not, you know, motivate them in the right way. Sometimes... Um, a voice falls on deaf ears after a while Mm -hmm. and it's just you know you can't never uh, you can never like um, pinpoint exactly what is successful for this group and what is not successful because they're all different in different types of ways yeah yeah um 
it's kind of crazy how like from one year to another so much can change right so you said you guys had won five games before you got to uc davis yeah, yeah. and then you know just a couple years later you guys were in the first round of the ncaa and now my first year at oregon state we were finished we finished pa- or last in the pac-12 and then the year before that we made it to the elite eight yep yep and it's just like obviously something i never expected and obviously something i'm sure you had in mind like you wanted to achieve those goals but something you also didn't expect so yeah like, yeah like seeing that transition and being able to experience it firsthand is crazy yeah um just like a handful of players can change that completely absolutely man yeah. and and I'll, I'll say this as well uh roles changing of roles can change that completely mm-hmm. right so i'll use one of this example we go to the uh nit my sophomore year mm-hmm I was the only starter returning for that team. Um, and then we had a few new guys come in and stuff. Yeah. And not necessarily, I didn't think that that next year's team was bad at all by any mm. means, right? We, I think we had the talent to be really good. It's just that um, I'll say that there was a, a level of, a little bit of level of impatience with the transition of, you know, we have a, a Brenton Lamar who you know, yeah. who went from playing, I want to say, maybe like 10 12 minutes a game the year before to now being you know asked to be not only our starting uh shooting guard but one of our like big scoring options yeah you know what i'm saying uh we have josh fox who was sixth man of the year he's asked now to not necessarily take a back seat to three or four leaders of our team but to now be that guy right mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of a um, a transition in order to make that happen and um, a level of patience. Right? Yeah. And sometimes, especially in a um, high intensity, uh, you know, a big time sport where, you know, there's hundreds of millions of dollars that are being invested in all of this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure coming down from boosters to the coaches. The coaches now, like, you know, bring that down to the players. And that friction could, um, could alter, you know what I'm saying, the season. Yeah. Right? I think especially, you know, um, and I, I can't speak for, for Oregon State mm-hmm. and what they're going on, but I can speak for myself. I've had the up to back down, you know, not necessarily to the worst, but to the middle of the pack. And um, a lot of it, in my opinion, just had to do with, um, like, the mental aspect yeah. of it, right? You know, you can get your – sometimes you can get, you know, your season shot early in the, the season mm-hmm. from an experience, a bad loss, uh, uh, a bad practice, whatever it may be that could just alter the psyche of the whole team, yep. which now just like bleeds into the rest of the season. And, you know, one, I always say winning is a habit, but losing is also a habit too, yep. right? And you find ways to lose after a while. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Do you, uh, you think high expectations are a part of that? <clears throat> Play a, a part in the pressure that players face coming off like a good season, let's say. Do you think that like a start point guard with high expectations for the next could – it could affect his mental game, right, and deteriorate his game the following year. Has that? Have you have you seen that happen before? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. I'm talking about we all, like I said, you know, I I'll speak for myself. We we all want um, the most, yeah, from everything, right? You you put in work over the summer, you know, you're having, um, you know, whoever's in your voice, you know, every whoever's in your ear, the voices in your ear, right, telling you, um, you know what you are how you are and you know you go into a season with a certain type of mindset you see the depth chart you see what's changing yeah and you may have your own idea right and there is a level of give and take with that you know i always tell people 
especially when you first go into a program, you're going to have to show the coach who you are mm-hmm. before they show you who he, who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a level of like, you know, positioning yourself in that way. Yeah. But then also there has to be a level of open communication on both end, and then just understanding and just a trust in the person that's leading you, who is your coach and yeah. stuff like that. Right. So, um, that's not always done easily. You know, there's a, a ton of knuckleheads in mm-hmm. college basketball. There's a ton of knuckleheads in professional sports yeah. in general. Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, to be able to have, you know, it may not be the head coach that gets to you. Mm-hmm. It may not even be the lead assistant. It may be the last yeah. assistant. It may be the equipment guy, or adobo, yeah. an equipment guy, one yeah. of your teammates that could really talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in those type of ways. Um, let's use this as an example, um, and, and I think he'll be fine with it. Chima's my man, mm-hmm. and he's doing very well for himself mm-hmm. now. But uh, he's doing okay. Yeah, he's doing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Chima, uh, Chima was uh, his first year was my senior year. Like he redshirted. Um, the year before that. Mm-hmm. So his first year was my senior year. I identified early in that season that Chima um, was going to be one of our more important players on our team. Mm-hmm. I also identified that Chima, uh, was it, it, his emotions led him mm-hmm. in the way that he played, right, for good and for bad. Yeah. So, you know, I asked my coach's first road trip, and, you know, they usually either pick your uh, roommate's or you have standard, like, or they switch them off every, like, uh, trip. Got it, got it. And in this particular case, I told my t- uh, my coaches, I said, I, I want to room with Chima every road game. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't room with him at school, on campus. I want to be able to have that connection just in case there's a bad practice, there's mm-hmm. a bad, um, you know, game, you know, that I can at least um, try to debrief and yeah. decompress whatever's going on mm-hmm. within them, right? It's well beyond the basketball court. Um, I remember many of times where yeah. Chima had individual film sessions and I would walk, I would be in the film session with Chima, right? Mm-hmm. Just to, I'm not saying oversee, he's a grown man, but yeah. like be there if ever he was not able to see it from a perspective that he probably should have, yeah. right? And, you know, who, who knows what happens if we don't have people like that around a guy like that, yeah. right? Um, and then also for me, right? I always said that um, for myself, Brenton Lamar on my team was was. I, I don't know <laughs> if we would have went to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if uh, I would be the person that I was, the player that I was, mm-hmm. without Brenton. I think vice versa. I think we balance each other out, right? We were able to. That's awesome. Complain and mope and grow about teammates, coaches, anything, fans, whatever. Mm-hmm say that there and then go out and be able to lead our team the best way that we can mm-hmm. without holding that type of uh, emotions and stuff like that. Have so, a good balance. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that balance, but then there's also the balance of being a student athlete at a Division One school and also being a college student. Mm-hmm. Um, was it ever difficult for you trying to find time to, like, you know, go enjoy your life at UC Davis versus staying focused on, on the team? Like, for Division One athletes, do you think that's a hard balance? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, for myself, uh, I I'll say I went to a a high school that was predominantly uh, black and Latino. Mm-hmm. Like so, I want to say there were 
in my graduating class, there are probably five white people and two Asian people wow. in my whole graduation class. It's right? like the opposite for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only 15 minutes away from your yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so I'm going I'm going to UC Davis, which is a huge culture shock mm-hmm. altogether, right? So there was a level of just social anxiety mm-hmm. of walking around the campus and just not feeling, um, you know, fully understood yeah. by, um, you know, you've seen the transitions of my hairstyles, you've seen the <laughs> transitions of the the way that I dress, like I said, the music that I listen to in comparison mm-hmm. to parties that I would go to. Yeah, There's a lot that goes into just that, right? On top of that, the layer, like you're saying, is, um, you know, the rigors of UC Davis, how difficult that school That's is. Tough right? school. Tough school. And then, um, uh, you know, you're having a, two and a half hour practice with a one hour lift and having to go after that to class and uh you're tired and you know it's just it's just very difficult i was i came into davis as a math major because i was fairly good at math in in high school no way bro yeah but then after like a year of the numbers falling from the sky Uh in these classes along with literally being gone from wednesday to sunday you know road trips just traveling Mm -hmm. i couldn't keep up with the material right Mm -hmm. so that was difficult um, and then just um, the the pressures of, you know, it was very, very hard for me to associate myself as a person for myself as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So if I had a bad shooting day at practice, if I turned the ball over, if coach was yelling at me a lot, if he got into me on a film session, it was very hard for me to let that go. I was holding that mm-hmm. throughout the rest of my days, right? And that would, affected your... That just, affected your mood outside, yeah. Just my psyche, man. There's been many times when we were losing games, I felt like I was a loser. In, like, <laughs> in, in, like particular, like yeah. honestly, man, it was, it was times. I I always jokingly say, and uh, well, not jokingly, it's serious, but uh, you know, in basketball, we don't have a winter break. You know, mm-hmm. we're in season. So yeah. I remember the the days of if practice was at was at twelve thirty, I would wake up at ten thirty. I would get some food. I would go get my treatment and get some pre-practice work, go to practice, go live, go back home, go back into bed. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the days, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it was just like just the dog That's days. so draining, man. Yeah, yeah, it was tough, man. I remember uh, road trips, uh, me and my roommate, it, w- it would be pitch dark in the room, like mm-hmm. literally until game time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we would be in bed, go to, go to, uh, to uh, breakfast, Watch film, come back, get into uh, get in the bed. Bed, yeah. Pre-game meal, watch film, get tape, come back, get in the bed, get dressed, go to the game. And stuff. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, you know, you, th- those are the things that I think a lot of athletes probably deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end, when things are going good, you know, everything feels great. Everything yeah. feels good. But it's very hard to to um, to be grounded in who yeah. you are when outside things are affecting how you feel about yourself as a person Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so yeah man it's a it's a lot of pressures that go into that and then you got your athletes that it's kind of like they not they're not as focused on the team they're more focused on i'm gonna go out to this party or i'm gonna go hang out with these Uh, folks till 3 a.m and then go to practice at 10 a.m the next morning yeah 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 and that they you know it it catches up to them eventually oh absolutely absolutely man um you know, not everybody can be Allen Iverson, first and foremost, right? There's only one. You can do it all, bro. You can yeah, do it all. Yeah, I don't know how. But not, <laughs> not everybody can do that. But my coach, uh, Coach Les, has a, a phrase that I still use to this day, man. It's um, um, 
if if you respect the game, the game will respect you back, mm-hmm. right? And then obviously vice versa. If you don't respect it, it's not going to respect you. And yeah. you know, you get out what you put in, and it's the the daily things that you do, mm-hmm. right, or what you don't do, that is going to eventually affect you know all that goes on, yeah. stuff like that. So, so in college, uh, when you would go to a party, what kind of music would they would, would they be playing? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I say first of all, all the lights were on. All the lights were on? All the lights were on. Oh, no, right? that's so not right, bro. It's, it's lights on. That's Davis. It's beer pong all <laughs> over the place. Uh, they'll, they'll play some songs, right? But it was very, like, um, radio hits. Um, uh-huh. uh, good amount of country. Oh, uh, bro. You know, just stuff like that. Like they said, the EDM. You know, I, I, I'm i not necessarily a fan of that. Uh-huh. But uh, it was, it was, I'll say this. It seemed like everybody else was having a good time. Yeah. Which was all cool, right? Yeah. So uh, I quickly learned that. At least the Davis parties is not my mm. my, my forte. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's just you know I, I always use um, candy corn as an example. I say you either love candy corn, you hate candy corn. Yep. And it's an acquired taste, and Davis is an acquired <laughs> taste that I just didn't. You were having it. Uh, yeah, not necessarily. Not necessarily. How do you feel about country? Do you like country music? Uh, some country music. Okay. Uh, I consider Old Town Road a country song. Uh, really? Shout, <laughs> shout out to Billy Ray and, and Lil Nas. But, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not opposed to it. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not like I'm out here searching it, but if somebody gives me a playlist, I'll, I'll try it out. Yeah. My boy actually, uh, Gabe Vincent of the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. loves country music. Really? He has a whole playlist that he just continues to have. I think Jimmy Butler uh, helped him out a little uh-huh. bit with that because he's been hanging out with him but yeah man Gabe Vincent man he's so good yeah he's crazy shout out to Gabe man shout out to the uh, when we talk about going out and doing that type of stuff Mm -hmm. one thing I can tell you about Gabe is I've never seen a guy or there's very few guys I've come across that has a level of focus and internal confidence in themselves yeah Um, Gabe if you see him on a daily basis, you wouldn't be surprised that he knew that he was prepared for those moments that he was in and stuff like that. From the time he was, I'm talking about, I was able to see him the day after he tore his ACL at UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can even see then how he knew it sucked, but he was okay with mm-hmm. the process. And he said, okay, just got to put my head down and got to get to it. Yep. Got to do it, man. So I love to see what he's doing now. Let's see it, man. What did you think about the finals this year? Who did you want? You wanted the Celtics, right? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't look at it as a fan, mm-hmm. right? The the basketball, like, the basketball person to me just thought that the Celtics, if they were to, if they were clicking on all cylinders, they would be better than mm-hmm. the Warriors. I'll say this, though. The Warriors wouldn't got that. Like, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. knock them. You no. know, although we have a, a level of just, like, uh, like, Fan like hate towards the Warriors because we LeBron fans. Yeah, exactly. Because he took away like the Warriors three rings from LeBron. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, they messed up the whole legacy yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, you you can't help but respect um, how they are and mm-hmm. like what they do and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, shout out to them. Shout out to Steph, man. That boy went and got it. Um, shout out to my boy Wyan Anderson for going and get himself mm-hmm. a ring. Oakland dude, um, you know, had a. Um, a abnormal way of getting to the NBA and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, and really stuck in, and he's doing his thing now so yeah he's awesome man yeah shout out to them he's he's Mexican too yeah yeah man yes sir yeah man spent what five years playing in the Mexican league and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah um, I knew when he was just Juan Anderson but now you know the Toscano he's, comes yeah, out Toscano you gotta, Anderson yeah, Toscano gotta, gotta, gotta represent gotta represent <laughs> man um, Gary Payton 
Yeah. Go Beavs. Yeah, GP2, man. First, uh, first player under Wayne Tinkle to ever win a championship in the NBA. Oh, wow. And I think, like, one of the very few players, other than his dad. Yeah. To yeah. win the champion uh, NBA championship, wow, that bro. went to Oregon State. I did not know that. That's good. Yeah, you know, you know, you have to be in town because he's gonna bring that that trophy in town. Oh, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be there. there. You yeah. gotta get there, man. <laughs> I just gotta, yeah, I just gotta figure it out when he's gonna be there. Cause yeah, man. They don't, they don't tell me, they don't tell me much, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I hey, gotta be ready. Get in the know. Hey, you're you're tapped in with one of his guys, so uh, you may have to go that way. Yeah. Shout out to Langston Morris Walker, uh, uh, Oregon State legend as well. Yeah, dude, Langston. I I watched a couple of his highlights. He was a dog, yeah, bro. He's good. He was a- such Langston, a good defender. Langston is is. Was one of my favorite players, like in high school. In he was age. crazy. The air guitar. Don't, yes, don't dude. Them. I saw that clip. I saw that. I saw that video. Uh, he's the man. He's the man. The air guitar. Why? The one and only Yarius finds All Star game MVP. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. He was. He was killing that. That's game. crazy, man. Stuff, man. I just don't see him as that kind of like Bay Area like legend. Yeah, Ber- Berkeley. Berkeley. He's a Berkeley guy through uh-huh. and through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has that that vibe and stuff like that, but. He's one of them, man. He was a he was a top one fifty player coming out of high school. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, you think about it, he he's like six 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 seven. Yeah. And stuff, you know, long arms, mm-hmm. athletic, can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, I mean, you know, any coach would love to have that type of guy on their team and, and a good character person. You know. Yeah. What I'm saying? So, I hear nothing but good things about him. Yeah. Yeah. He he's good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Um. So would you say NorCal growing up was like? I, most most hoopers in California are most high school hoopers. The the really like top hundred, top one fifty are from SoCal. Yeah, yeah. When you were in high school, I'm not saying this was a long time ago, but when you were in high school, was it like NorCal in the Bay Area and Sacramento was like the best? Uh, well, first of all, I graduated ten years ago. It's crazy to say. I know. So it has been a little bit of a long time ago, <laughs> but um, you know, I, SoCal. I'm not gonna disrespect them. They've always had you know. They just have more numbers. Yeah, so exactly. Talent's always going to be, you know, good there. But I do think that, you know, when you think of my era was the the height of like the Oakland Soldiers, the AAU basketball oh, team. Yeah. Um, we had like a lot of good talent in the, you know, Northern California area. You know, I can name them off of just my, like I said, Josiah Turner I played with. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Langston, Dominic Artis, Brandon Ashley, uh, Jabari Brown, Jabari Bird. Uh, the, the list just goes on mm-hmm. and on, right, of guys that um, were, I'm talking about McDonald's All-American caliber, uh, you know, averaging, you know, 15, 20 points in college basketball. That's crazy. Like I said, Jabari uh, played for the Lakers for, uh, I want to say, a season or two. And in the first season that he played, uh, there were only two players that scored 30 points that game, or that, that season. And he was one of team. them? It was him and Kobe. Oh man! So you know that's he crazy. Was, he was a bonafide. He, yeah, he. I gotta look him up. Yeah, he was. He was legit. You know okay. What I'm saying? That team, those soldier teams. Obviously, the legend Kiwi Gardner, um, mm-hmm. YouTube sensation. Um, there was Yay Area's finest. Shout out Travis Ferris. He um, had that that channel. Really was able to put Northern California basketball on the map mm-hmm. uh, nationally and uh was able to garner a lot of respect and stuff like that right so mm-hmm. um you know we got guys you know dame Lillard's from from oakland from oakland yeah. yeah 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 so you know the bay is not sacramento but northern california always has love for northern california yeah and stuff like that so you always just support and, and you know cheer for people 
in uh in this area they got uh i don't know if they had this back then but they have the norcal versus socal like pangos all-star game okay you okay. heard of that yeah so i know i know Pang, uh, pango's been around forever yeah i don't know if they had a norcal versus socal game the, but one of them is yeah yeah but they have they have i know they have like the frost soft they have the all-american cat they got a lot of stuff man yeah but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that they should they should have like top of the top you yeah because california be... is is two states anyway you know yeah, pretty much <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um so real being a realtor is good how are you liking it it's been good yeah, spending yeah. some time away from basketball or yeah it, it, it's it's um i'm learning to find purpose in it mm-hmm. you know i i'm obviously successful shout out to uh you know my mom for for really you know she's been in the business for um over 21 years mm-hmm. um so i always tell people that i've been around real estate for my whole life yeah i just didn't like know how much knowledge i just picked up along the way yeah um but uh you know my parents owned rental properties when i was younger i remember going to um like foster no, i said uh rec league basketball game mm-hmm. and literally in my jersey coming back and my parents like going to a rental property and me like collecting rent from like the tenants yep so i got the idea of like man they're just giving you money what what are you doing like how do you do that and stuff and they kind of gave me the game of that and as i gotten older and then obviously transitioning out of basketball, uh, I realized that there was a lot of people that didn't know what I knew, mm-hmm. and I could help a lot of people, especially that look like me um, in the communities that you know I, I'm privy to, to be able to like make home ownership yep. and see how real estate can work for them, you mm-hmm. know, in different types of ways through owning a home, through renting, through you know, um, you know, finding investment properties, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So, um, with that. And just kind of leading with the knowledge and helping, mm-hmm. I've been able to, uh, you know, reap the benefits of that, you know, on the back end. So it's yeah, been, it's been pretty rewarding with that, man. Yeah, you're legit, man. It's it's legit. I mean, you, you're pretty famous now. <laughs> no, nah, I appreciate it. <laughs> I know, but I still gotta get a little bit better, you know. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be content when I get a couple more uh, investment properties myself. Yeah, you're probably so, one of the youngest ones too. Yeah, yeah. So I was. Um, I made the Masters Club this past year. I which saw. Is like, I don't know um, what that is, man. But yeah, so it, it, in the Sacramento area, uh-huh. like there's the uh, associations, the Sacramento Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the you know it spreads out to, I want to say, I think Yolo has their own, but like this is Sacramento. Area. I think Davis is a part of it, mm-hmm. but um, there's the top ten percent of, mm. of those people of all realtors in the area right and i made the top 10 percent in good for you man so they had a a, a banquet which was um you know at a um, this nice um winery mm. uh, right outside of sacramento and uh you know it was good to be in, in that company but i definitely was the the youngest i, I know i was a yeah. person in my 20s 100 percent in there so uh i felt kind of like kobe at his first all-star game <laughs> you know what i'm saying so just like kobe man just like <laughs> so, kobe you know, I was just trying to be there and, and rub some shoulders and continue to network and uh, just listen to some stories. But it was cool. It was cool. Good man. for you, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I wish you nothing but the best, bro. And uh, love you, dog. Appreciate right. you. Appreciate it, man. Love you, too.